on fire. I played some of the regular NBA Jam last night before I took it apart. I was like, this is wild. Vintage experiences. The computer's way too smart. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're talking about the debut of WandaVision oh, on Disney+. Plus. finally. I can't wait to talk about this. Yes. It's, it's, it's going to be our first topic, so I'm not I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. If you guys haven't watched it, just pause, go bang out this in less than an hour, and come back and, and, mm-hmm. and join us. Uh, did you know Justice League will be released as one movie instead of four episodes? God, Chris, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I've actually I, I did the math. I'm like, this is going to save me time uh, in, in the long run. Uh, we're also gearing up for fatalities with the new Mortal Kombat movie. Mortal Kombat. They better have they better have that music in there, man. Oh yeah, That's we we awesome. need some European techno with someone just screaming <laughs> Mortal Kombat over it. I'm I'm down with it. You got to have it. Like that's iconic, mm-hmm. uh, even more than the games and more. You got to have it like the Arby's double beef and cheddar that I had yesterday. I don't know why I feel like I needed to plug this. Like, I feel like I have Arby's every once in a blue moon and I just, I like to, I like to amplify them. Right. I feel like, uh, I feel like Arby's is always on the precipice of becoming like the nickelback of fast food, which I, which I think is not okay. I like their food. Every I once like in a Arby's. while, you just need a Arby's beef and cheddar. So. Well, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm putting vibes out in the world because they usually do like some really nerdy social media oh, um, yeah. advertising. So I was like, they could throw us some bucks. I'll push curly fries all day, man. Well, I'll tell you what. So, so uh, a double means you got the medium size one, right? I, I, I don't know. I looked at the because menu it's not and I two. Said, no, a double as in like I think they put more uh, more roast beef and more yeah. cheese on. I it. get the full. I get the one that's so big they don't even wrap it. They have to put it in a crate, like, oh, like a cardboard crate. Like that's the size I'm talking about. Oh man! But but I've been very disappointed with Arby's the past several years, mm. and I think I've told you this before because they don't they they swapped over from Pepsi products to Coke products. Oh, see, this is a totally different in our household. Uh, my my wife is a Diet Coke fiend, so she Wait. just wanted uh, the curly fries and the Diet Coke. So because I want, I all I want is a roast beef and Mountain Dew, man, like just a nice <laughs> fountain Mountain Dew, a Fountain Dew, if you will. Then uh, I'll have you put your arms up so I can slide a shirt on you that says, "Yeah, I'm a gamer" in like a distressed font. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and it's I just I lo- I love Arby's and and I. I yeah, I, I feel bad for people who are like, eh. But I always go back to the old Seinfeld reference where David plays like, like, what are we doing for you? He's like, it's an Arby's night. So, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it is an Arby's night. Uh, uh, I also have found my taste changing there over the years as well. I didn't used to like horsey sauce, but I love horsey sauce now. Well, yeah, we're adults now, Chris. We have adult yeah. tastes. We have adult opinions. And uh-huh. that's why we started a podcast, so we could give yeah. people our opinions on adult things. Uh, yeah, especially food. Uh, people people <laughs> like when we talk food. I, I, I don't know why. Uh it's, it's a it's a universal, universal. common denominator. Yeah. Everybody on the planet eats food, which yeah. is uh, one of the hilarious things, a hilarious joke that they put in WandaVision. I think it's like the best running gag. I don't know if it makes it into the second episode, but uh, we'll we'll talk about it when we get there. I don't want to jump the gun here. Oh, it, yeah. it, it, it does. It does. Did you watch the second episode yet? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. I just couldn't remember if it came. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that here in a little bit. But yeah, I agree. I agree. So let's go ahead. <laughs> I, we haven't talked about the show at all. Mm-hmm. Let's just jump into the corn stream. No yeah. segues, just banging out. 
corn streaming up. Well, update from last week. I was in the process of finishing up Cobra Kai, and I just thought this would be funny to mention because the last thing that I said to our audience was just like, oh, yeah. We're, we're pausing on Cobra Kai Season 3 right now. They're they're diving deep into some Karate Kid 2 lore. We haven't seen it yet. So I think I said as soon as we're done with the podcast, we're going to go watch Karate Kid 2. Well, we sat down on the couch and I was like, I really don't want to watch a movie just so I can finish my TV show. So I just we just kept watching, Chris, and, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't need it. I really didn't need to watch Karate Kid 2. They held my hand uh, plenty to get through it. Um, uh, I, Karate Kid 1 is still required viewing because like the, the drama and the characters that are introduced in that first movie just permeate every single episode of all three seasons. But like Karate Kid 2 really kind of only pops up like every once in a while, like in like season three. Yeah, there's some heavy episodes that deal with it, but... Like, it's just, like, two in the middle. So this is just a PSA of, like, don't worry so much about the other Karate Kid movies. You can get by with just one. And then also, uh, every once in a while, our favorite app, Chris, Just Watch, is not quite accurate. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of the Karate Kid movies you can watch for free on IMDb TV slash Amazon Prime. So they're all there, not just the first one. So if you do want to catch up on Karate Kid... Uh, you can do it over there. Um, and yeah, what about Three Ninjas? To... I mean, people were, were were hyped. We were bringing up Three Ninjas last week. So, I oh mean, my God, we, uh, for uh, for nostalgia, uh, we were watching the trailer for Three Ninjas, and uh, I think Three Ninjas. What is it? Part two, or I don't know exactly what they called the the sequel of Three Ninjas. But we were watching the trailers on Amazon Prime just uh, just to get a little kick of nostalgia. But now it's like in our recommended watch queue. So I'm like. So it's just there every single time we boot up Amazon Prime. And uh, we see it every single time now because the next show that we started watching is The Americans, which is an FX original, but it just happens to be on Amazon Prime right now. I assume whenever the streaming contract is has expired, it'll go over to Hulu where all the other FX stuff is. So now every time we boot up Amazon Prime to watch The Americans, I just see three ninjas like up oh. there in the corner. And I was like, well, at least it pushed all of the holiday Christmas recommended stuff <laughs> off of the fold, you know, to the right of the screen so I don't have to look at it anymore. But yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. the next thing we're watching the americans and it's been really really fun everyone has always told me that the americans is like the prestige show that like nobody watched i don't know i think it started airing maybe right around the time breaking bad was wrapping up or like really the intensity of like tv and streaming was starting to crank up and then i don't know how the americans just got lost or what exactly happened but it's been a fun ride. We're almost through the first season right now. There's lots of fun. There's espionages. There's spies. There's like, it's an 80s period piece about like the Cold War. It's just, it's fun. It's exciting. Are there uh, Americans? <laughs> yes, they are Americans in this TV show because they are in Washington, D.C. So it's just been a great time. You can tell watching it that it's just going to get more and more and more intense, right? It, it, I, I feel like I'm watching something of the generation of Breaking Bad, right? Which really isn't that far. You know, it's not like I can like look down the road. It's like, it's not that long ago, but it feels very much kind of of that time and of that ilk. So we're having a really good time watching the Americans. So we're going to be binging that for, I think there's five, six seasons. Six not seasons. I just, yeah, I just did a quick search. Cause I was like, yeah. I, I was associated with Carrie Russell. Yeah. And I was like, I'm pretty sure she's the main person, right? Like, yeah, she is. She is one of the co, I guess, co-leads as I would say. And uh, there's 13 episodes per season. You know, they're like 40 minutes. So this is like a full-on drama. So we're going to be engrossed in this uh, for a while. 
Uh, one thing that we're not going to be necessarily engrossed in is there's a new sitcom on <laughs> Fox, I believe. It's called Call Me Cat, which uh, stars uh, the the one chick. Uh, what's her name? It, Maya something? Mia Blickman? Yeah, Mia Bialik. Uh, yeah. She's, she's uh, uh, Sheldon's girlfriend in the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, but... also uh, Blossom. Yeah. Uh, from Blossom back in the day. Um, we uh, There was really nothing about this show that made me need to watch it, but we were just like eating lunch one day and we just needed something to throw on, you know, didn't quite want to commit to an episode of the Americans. So like, Hey, this is a new, a new show. We've seen the billboards for this on the way to the grocery store. Let's throw it up. Let's see how it is. And we watched it and you know, it's bad. (laughs) You know, it's just a bad, extremely generic sitcom. And you know, you're on a bad track for a sitcom when they lean into the gimmick of the show more than the jokes and the characters Mm -hmm. like, Oh, her name's cat and she runs a cat cafe and she lives above it (laughs) and she's awkward and funny situations ensue. And it's like, Oh God, you're leaning too heavy on this. The, the, the only good thing about it is that, um, what what's it, is his name? Leslie Jones or Leslie Jordan is in it. I, I don't remember exactly his name, but he's like this tiny little Southern guy with like white hair. The uh, the actor and he's just got a hilarious voice, and I love listening to him. So I, that's not enough to watch the show, but he's in it. Well, well, so I've seen a lot of like uh, cross promotion for this. I think even during like I think it was like New Year's. Um, she was doing some sort of piano song, uh, like duly like promoting this as well. Uh, the actress and i was like this doesn't look fun at all why, why are you no. doing this so this and I i'm mean, a cat whole, guy you know me so. <laughs> the whole time we were watching it we just kept thinking oh this is something like our parents would love you know it just seems like very like uh it just seems like very bottom of the barrel like i don't want to insult you know people i'm sure a lot of people worked really hard in the show but it's just not for me but since my wife is within the television industry uh we use this as kind of like an experiment to go watch Miranda, which is a 2009 um, BBC show, I think, or Across the Pond show. It's the same problem I always have with this. It's, it's a British show, right? Because at the opening of Call Me Cat, it says based on the, the, I think, BBC television show Miranda. So I was like, oh, that's what's happening here. This is a remake of probably a much better TV show uh, from the BBC. So head on over back to Amazon Prime and you can watch the 2009 show Miranda uh, which is what the show is based on and it's so much funnier because uh, the British just have a much better sensibility for kind of uh uh, uh, multi-cam live audience sitcoms and it's it's a similar uh, similar setup of a kind of a, a loveless awkward uh, woman but instead of owning a cat cafe she owns like a joke shop and uh, it's just it's just a lot funnier and also like the actress like visual visibly looks a lot more awkward in Miranda because mm-hmm. she's like super tall she's like over six foot tall and she just kind of has, has like a big frame so I just I just wanted to bring it up that it was a fun experiment you know well, we watched kind of the uh, modern American version of it which was bad and then we watched the original BBC version of it which was legit funny like we had we had like real like guttural like lol moments so we'll probably go back and watch more of Miranda on Amazon Prime well, also, um, Miranda is known for having Tom Ellis, uh, who plays Lucifer in the, the That's show. why that guy looked familiar. Yeah, he's like the he's like the old high school friend that like cooks uh, at like a like a pub across the street from her joke shop. That's why that guy looked familiar. Yeah, he was Lucifer, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it still is. I think the, the part two of season, the final seasons 
still going on for Netflix. Okay, so, so yeah. yeah, I guess if you need a required viewing for uh, your mm-hmm. Lucifer fan base or for your fan blog, you got to go watch uh, Miranda. But uh, I guess with the two things that the show have in common is both of the main characters will break the fourth wall and look at the camera, mm-hmm. but it just works so much better in um, in uh, in kind of like the British uh, version of the show. So yeah. there you go. Uh, you if you want to have a fun experiment, uh, go watch uh, go watch those two things back to back. It's a it's a trip. But that yeah. that's my quarantine stream this week, Chris. Yeah, and that's uh, those British shows are always interesting like that because you know there's um there's one called The Chase. It's a game show on called The Chase right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's got the guy who won Jeopardy most recently on it, or the the younger guy. What's his name? James something. Ken Jennings? I no, mean, no, I not think Ken that... Jennings. It was the newer, the younger one who was. Oh, more he's kind of got like the spikier. Hair. Yeah, the black. His name's I think his name's James something. But this was a a, a, a there's this British guy who does this called uh, The Chase, and he's called The Beast, and you have to like answer more questions than him or if he catches you you lose the money kind of thing hmm. and they just came out with the american version of this and i'm like i don't like this at all i like the british <laughs> version way better, or the british guy way better i guess it's an american sh- game show but it's, it's british stuff so i mean uh, um you know we always say like uh, uh like you know american women will like buckle at the knees of like the of a, a foreign man's accent but like at the same time i'm just like yeah i think british tv shows are so much more charming mm-hmm. because of their accents so everybody in america is uh at the whim of a of a foreign accent it just makes things so yeah. much more fun yeah this is where i'd plug uh auntie donna's big house of fun uh on netflix as well if you oh watch that. I, chris i watched one of those episodes that first episode is crazy there's like a <laughs> talking washing machine in yeah the very first sketch and i'm just like oh i know exactly what this show is now there's a talking washing machine with gigantic googly eyes it's yeah it's it's very silly who, who is immediately funny. evicted as well uh which is, i which think is i think the thing i appreciate also is there there's a sketch where they bring on uh jerry seinfeld but they just <laughs> cast this the the indian guy from deadpool right? yes dopinder he, yeah from deadpool yeah he, and he just plays jerry and he doesn't put on like a jerry seinfeld accent at all it's just he just uses his own voice it's just it's yeah. it's very funny i i would also recommend that show yeah it, it and, and the best part is like those are like quick bites to like a quibby if you will uh for <laughs> for like the, the episodes are like yeah like 20 something minutes so that's that's pretty good Hmm. Um, I dove into for my corn stream. I dove back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and some older Marvel films this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just I, I was going to bed a little earlier than usual. I'm like I need to lay down, so I'm gonna put some stuff on. And um, one of the ones I jumped back into recently was Ant Man and the Wasp. Mike, oh. I don't know, um, simply because one of these characters will show up in WandaVision later. Um, Jimmy Woo, the guy who wants to learn the magic tricks from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just Jimmy Woo. Probably I don't know he uh, the actor Randall Park will be in, in WandaVision yeah. so I was like I'm gonna go check this out see what's up and you know uh, for the movie in between one of the two movies in between Endgame and Infinity War um, it's still it's still pretty pretty fun little romp there throughout the whole thing I I enjoy uh, the the I guess the suit advancements and and especially the scenes and I think we've talked about this before is where he shrinks himself to like kid size at the school mm-hmm. on accident and he has oh, to Oh, I like, forgot. Yeah, I forgot about that scene. That was pretty funny. Yeah, so like the whole time I forgot the suit was malfunctioning. Like they didn't have a working suit for for Ant-Man the whole time because it was like a prototype for Hank. Mm-hmm. Uh so I thought I think that was a a pretty fun adventure. If you haven't got a chance to go back and revisit. I don't think people are clamoring to go back and watch more Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Lost until the third one where they bring Kang into this whole universe. Uh, yeah. It's going to be It needs gone, it but... needs a hot beef injection, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, it 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 is one of the more safer family-friendlier movies, right? Like there's nothing mm-hmm. scary. There's 
the MacGuffin is, you know, uh, this traveling uh, skyscraper that's a briefcase mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, the ghost thing's kind of scary at some points, but it's it's fine. It's whatever. It's it's pretty standard fare. But I, I still had a good time watching. I'm like, I was it's like I could go to sleep in this, but I'm gonna finish you. I'm gonna watch you all the way through um, till the end. And then lastly, uh, I even texted you this. I was watching The Amazing Spider-Man Two. Um, my wife was like, "You want to watch The Amazing Spider-Man?" I'm like, "Only if it's the second one. I don't want to watch the first one." <laughs> <laughs> Does uh, she have a thing for Andrew Garfield? That's just such a strange. Uh, request well, out of the blue, you know. Well, we were going through my my, my Chris flicks, if you will, and she saw them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it wasn't like a out of the blue request. It was like, you want to watch this? I'm like, I'll watch the second one, um, <laughs> because I was like, I remember how disappointed I was watching that second one, um, and uh, it still feels again. I'm pretty sure it's Mark Webb who directed this, right? And I believe he, did he do yep. 500 Days of Summer as well? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is the most 500 Days of Summer esque of all the <laughs> the movies, where you see. Uh, Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy crying over not being able to be together because she wants to go to England. Uh, like this whole goddamn movie. And <laughs> then there's like this unearned Green Goblin scene. Um, I forgot how good the visual effects for Jamie Foxx were, though. Um, oh, yeah. That was Electro. one thing I always loved about the, the, the two movies is the Spider-Man suit was on point. I even liked it in the first one, but it got even yeah. better than the second one. And the action was good. You know, I wasn't really gripped by it because I wasn't the stakes weren't high and I didn't really care that much about the characters but yeah I thought the web slinging yeah. stuff was always really good yeah exactly and then and then also just like the villains looked real like the, the lizard and electro and mm-hmm. you know even green goblin even it's, it's fucking weird how he's just here's Norman and he dies five minutes later and now you've got a genetic <laughs> disease to solve in like two days so uh it was really weird on that but, but like you know I was very thoroughly you know impressed with it and you say the stakes weren't high but i will give them credit for killing gwen stacy at the end of this like yeah. most well, other movies i think would pull back and be like oh we're gonna set you up for what looks like her death but god damn when her head smacks that concrete i'm like god that that is awful like this well, is i should i should say like every superhero movie has like life and death stakes i would just say i didn't care about that yeah. you know it's like i was like i don't care if any of these characters die just kill them off nothing's yeah. gonna be big enough to make me care you know yeah well at that time you know we thought they were gonna do the third one where they did the sinister six kind of stuff in the basement mm. of, of oscorp but uh yeah i was um it, it was fun a little little romp back through it and i forgot how much of a romantic comedy it was rather than a superhero movie and that just yep. doesn't work for you know, two teenagers or college or I guess pre-college students pining over each other wanting before they go to school or not go to school kind of thing. So uh, I, I did revisit it and I, I'd say, you know, if you haven't given the chance or you're bored, I think it, I don't think it's on Disney plus, but I, I could see it being there pretty, pretty soon. But I was just killing time because I'm like, I was counting the number of sleep so we could watch WandaVision. Like, that's oh, really all yes. I was looking forward to this week. Woo! And it is like, the, I think they said it was over 500 days since our last new Marvel content. For the oh, MCU, and I, I was looking forward to it. I mean, uh, we're we're not gonna break this up into like spoiler free or uh, spoiler section. So I don't you just, know if you could. To yeah, be completely I mean, honest, this is just kind of required viewing for the podcast, almost, right? I mean, this is like premium Marvel content. Even if it was like a DC show, you know, that was doing something of this quality, you know, this much money, this much prestige, we'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, 
but uh, I was just I was just excited to press play on something new, Chris. Like something mm-hmm. new that we were begging for. So like the first thing I was looking for was like, oh, what Marvel logo are we gonna get? You oh know, yeah, I wasn't I was one hundred percent sure if they were gonna do something new, um, because you know the Marvel because of the Star Wars shows have that brand new opening which I really really like. But they yeah. they stayed true with the with the original MCU opening. But they did they tweet they tweaked it they, at the they, very end for the first one. They well, went that black and white and then they transferred to the they, the, the four by three. This is also the first one actually they've updated footage to include in game in it. Um, oh, is it? Okay. Yes. Yeah. It shows a lot more in game footage. They've actually tweaked it. Uh, it's the same intro, but they've added new footage in between it, right? So, like this, this represents all the movies that, that came before it. And as you get well. to hear, you get to hear the Marvel theme again underneath. That it. is, it was just was that just is the nice. best part. We get to hear that for eight more weeks, Mike, like oh, or seven yeah. more weeks, right? Like we are going to be getting a Marvel intro every week. I'm like. Yes, please. Thank you for giving me something iconic to look forward to. And then the episode hasn't even started. I was already like, yes, please. Yeah. This is It was just so nice. Great. And I, honestly, if I just have to go ahead and say the biggest takeaway I have from these first two episodes is they did a really good job just making two vintage television episodes. Mm-hmm. Like if you just disconnect them from everything Marvel it, and then like, you know, obviously the parts where it gets dramatic and kind of breaks the the theme, it would be kind of strange for like a, a, a unaware viewer, but it was just funny. I was like, yeah, this is, these are just funny antics that would fit perfectly in, in the era that these shows were made. So I just want to give props to just uh, the, just the showrunner, the, writing team yeah. any anybody who was involved you know they just did a great job of it, really mimicking these two decades of um these two it, decades of television i mean it just it was so authentic they did such a good job yeah and what is also i will get them credit for it's unapologetic about it too right mm-hmm. there's no setup there's no hey this is what's going on this is what's been going on boom you're in the 50s uh with WandaVision in their house and like their intro about being married all of a sudden, right? There's no explanation. If you're wanting to know why vision's back, you ain't getting it in these first two episodes, <laughs> folks. I'm, I'm going to be the bearer of bad news, but they played with it so well. Like they, they filmed it again. I don't know if you saw the document. They filmed all this in front of a live studio audience. Oh, I wasn't sure if it was a live yep. audience. That's and they, great. and they made the live audience and the, the camera people dress as they were from the fifties and sixties when they did these. Oh, um, wow. So like it, it fit the aesthetic of everything. Right. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it's a, a little, the little extra details, and like you know, again, it's the old like there are some camera magic tricks like where they do some effects, but like they also show them like when she's cleaning the dishes in the air with her hands, like those are really there on like strings and stuff mm-hmm. moving, and I'm like, this is really cool looking. Like this is a really a um, you know leave it to Beaver style set. You know, a, a real what's the um, I love Lucy style vibe to this uh and especially the banter with her neighbor agnes right like who who comes in and feels like that the swinging single neighbor Mm -hmm. who's like he's like oh i'm uh she's not single she makes fun of her husband several times yeah but But, we we never see him (laughs) yeah we we never see him at all but but it was a really fun like i I wish like i don't think there's any way you could spoil these two episodes right they like there's what is really interesting is i really love that deborah joe rupp who plays kitty in from that 70s show is one Mm -hmm. of the the people who Kitty comes Foreman, in yeah. for dinner. Like, I love that. Cause I, I love that character. Right. And she kind of leaned into that a bit, but yeah, there's, I two- mean, 
I, I was just going to say, I, I feel like only Marvel could pull off a concept <laughs> like this because they've earned so much goodwill with their audience, right? Imagine a show like this being made, you know, 10 years ago or before they've made all of these like blockbuster hits. Like what kind of audience would put up with this, right? Yeah. You know, if, if you take like, you know, like a 14 year old, uh, like a high school kid, like, you know, covered in zits, like, you know, just like playing video games all the time, you can barely get his attention for for uh for two seconds from them to, to stop playing video games to sit down and watch a movie you say like oh you want to watch this old vintage like motif uh, of these tv shows that you would never even blink an eye at and uh but they're superheroes in it they'd be like no but since these characters have all of this background and all of this love and have been in these huge big bombastic summer blockbusters people are interested and yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't, I haven't checked out the discourse. I'm sure there's a very, very a tiny, small minority of people that are just like, oh, this is boring and slow. I'm not going to watch it. I, I haven't, I haven't seen any of those people retweeted. So I, I can only assume it's it, everyone's having a great time. Well, so this is the highest, uh, again, not that we use it, Rotten Tomato score for any Marvel property right now at 94%, mm-hmm. uh, highest of all. But I do know um, my my wife's um, her friend's husband did not care for this. Uh, he said it was <laughs> awkward, and I'm like, well, that's kind of the point of some of these situations is that they are in fact awkward. Like, you know, you had the vision who's like, he's he's like, what do we do here? He's like, well, we uh, we do reporting on what? Do we sell stuff? Do we buy stuff? They're like, no, we just run reports. Uh, like, there's no answers to any of this. But what was really cool in the first and second episode, there are like two moments where it breaks the the aesthetic of the 50s, right? Where mm-hmm. it actually goes into actual film mode. And it's got the low depth of field, the dark shadow. One of them is whenever his boss is choking on the chocolate strawberry. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, which was an interesting uh, moment where it got dark and it was like, uh, I can't think, I don't know any character's name in the show, but Kitty was like, uh, stop it, stop it, stop like for like, two minutes i'm like this yeah, is really weird very, yeah it gets but, very trippy it kind of reminds me at the end of uh i think it's metal gear solid 2 where your comms communications just started getting very very weird everybody gets very bizarre and yeah uh, yeah it was a great moment it's a very interesting uh uh way to look at it from a filmmaking point of view of just like if you if you're never really sure why you feel the way you do when you're watching a tv or a movie or different genres like now you know how different like a camera angle can feel right yeah. you know uh, sitcom multi-can sitcoms have a very specific feel because they're all on like tri- they're all on like big machine tripods with wheels on them everything mm. moves smoothly but then the second you click over to something that's like handheld everything's feel everything feels different so yeah a little more more tension clever. with it yeah mm-hmm. and then the second one is you know obviously at the end of the episode when the beekeeper comes out mm-hmm. of the thing and she says no and then uh reverses the moment and then everything goes color which was really yeah uh, cool well, yeah, and speaking of color, we do have those two kind of Pleasantville-esque moments yes. where we get to see uh, something break the uh, black and white mold. It was like a, a little tiny helicopter. Yep. And then also the really funny commercials that they made. Yes. And the toaster has like a little red uh, a little red yep. light on it. I was going to ask you because I, for, I, I, I forgot in my head who was the company that made the second commercial, but I know it was, it was Strucker. the start. It was, yeah, it was the it was the Stark toaster was the first yes. one, but I don't I couldn't remember what the second product was. It was it was the Strucker watches, and Baron Strucker is the guy who 
used the Mind Stone to give her her powers in Age yeah, of Ultron. Yeah, yeah, the watches. That, that's yeah. what it was. And it yeah, had so the high she... But also the um, Dottie's blood in her hand in the second episode, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so there were three three color moments. Uh, but I also want to give, you know, if, in case you didn't notice, on the helicopter and then at the end of the first episode, um, it's a sword is the, the, the logo and on yeah. the beekeeper as well. So how do they tie in? I don't know. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it does make you wonder because, like, you know, as far as we know, just within this universe, is that sword seems to be very much in the sky, right? Or if yeah. at least not in orbit in a space station. So, you know, you know, is this just like a rebrand of Shield? You know, why are they on the ground exactly? You know, mm. are they on the ground? I know yeah. we've seen from the trailer, we've seen some of the outside moments where there's like grass and fields, and there's like you know these vehicles, you know, looking in at some sort of strange like temporal um, uh, disturbance, but. Yeah, there's there's so many questions, and I, yeah, you just bring up a great point, Chris. Is what can you spoil, really? It, yeah. it just it what I can glean from this is as we move on week by week, things are going to get weirder and weirder, stranger and stranger. The molds are going to start to break. We've already seen from the trailers that some of these secondary characters are starting to ask Wanda what's happening. Why mm. is what, what's going on here? Uh, and we've, we actually saw that a little bit in episode two, right? Where that one uh, committee woman uh, uh, who was, who was like really a uh, uh, sniping at people. Uh, she was there witnessing the very strange radio message coming through who I believe yeah. was Randall Park right? yes, on the other yes. end of that radio. It is. So it, we, we're starting to find out that these other people, if they are actually people, caught in this with Wanda or if she's just totally dreaming well, them up. So they are starting to react to the stimuli, but then it, they seem to kind of instantly forget it, you know, kind of once well, the event. So, well, Dottie's personality changed after the radio situation. She went from being very mean to Wanda to nicer, right? Like, um, she's like, how do you get blood out of this? She's like a little woman do it herself or something like that. But the, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the, uh, African American lady, I couldn't think of her name in the, in the episode is actually, uh, Monica Rambeau. That's the actress who will be playing her later on. Yeah, so. I had to do my I had to do my best not just annoy my wife while we're watching this. Yeah. I was like, oh, do you see who that is? That's actually the grown up version of the little girl from Captain Marvel. And she's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't need to tell her this. Shut up, Mike. <laughs> They'll learn it. I don't need yeah. to dump all and, of this. So I did, I kept that to myself. <laughs> but uh, but also you mentioned Vision couldn't eat. He did eat the gum in the second episode, <laughs> which caused him to to act so... drunk funny i love it i love the gags i love kind of like this weird kind of um reality that they've made where like vision is allowed to do really weird stuff that's out of the ordinary like when he's typing at work his hands are going abnormally fast if a real person did that in real life you'd be like what the hell is happening with your hands but you know it's like a sitcom and it's a joke so he's allowed to type that fast then he's also allowed to awkwardly say things like I just love the joke of just like, oh, no, actually, no, I love eating food. I eat it all the time. Yeah. Uh, give, give it to me all the time. I don't remember the exact jokes, but my wife and I do jokes like that all the time of just like, yes, me, a human man, definitely not an alien from outer yeah. space, would love some chicken. So I just, I, yeah, that running gag of just like Vision not eating food well, was just so funny. I loved it. And, and one of the last things I, I kind of want to highlight in the first episode is the the conversation about the um, the heart, like the uh, mm-hmm. Wanda's interpretation is it's an anniversary. So the house is ready for an anniversary. And then the boss shows up cause he's the hearts mm-hmm. and like the way they have to recover from this feels classic. I love Lucy, right? Like, or, or a bewitched era uh, mm-hmm. TV show. And I was very, very impressed with that, but I did have the song help me Rhonda, but seeing help me Wanda in my head uh, stuck <laughs> stuck in there for a little bit. These episodes are so brief too. That's that's the the best. Uh, not, it's not the best part. I want more, but like much like Mandalorian season one, like 
you get like a 23 minute episode then you had like a 31 minute episode right like i feel yeah. like these half hour episodes are gonna be good to start but like I, I want more, but at the same time, I'm like, man, this is just enough to bring me back next week. Yeah. Also, it makes you wonder, all of the marketing, all the trailers we've seen, we've only seen vintage aesthetics, right? You know, when it goes to color, we've seen some stuff that looks like it could be 1970s, but uh, from there, the, we have not gone anywhere. Yeah, and we, it, There is and the it, 90s with the Halloween costumes. Oh, oh yeah. I thought that might've been seventies. Okay. So at the the very least there, we've seen four different decades, right? So, and if they're moving to a different kind of format per episode, this is nine episodes, right? So is this going to get to a point where we're not in kind of sitcom land anymore? And I only bring this up because like, if they move into maybe a more like dramatic, like what if there's like a law and order procedural, you know, type Mm -hmm. of like theme that they hit, if they do that, you know, does the episode length go to 40 minutes, right? You know, Mm -hmm. I would welcome that, you know, right to see more because it makes sense for these first two episodes to be short because, you know, sitcoms are short. Um, So yeah, I'm really, really curious where this goes. At what point are they going to start breaking the format and we're going to see the other side, right? You know, when do we start to see Randall Park and um, Darcy? What's her name? Yeah, Darcy. When are they going to start filling out a lot of the episodes? All I can say is I'm so happy to have something to watch on Fridays again, right? Yeah. You know, uh, especially during this pandemic, right? Where you're just craving for anything new. And even outside of a pandemic, I liked having appointment viewing, right? You know, it was nice having Game of Thrones on Sundays. You know, it's nice having the Mandalorians on Fridays. So I'm just glad we have something else up in the repertoire. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just having a great time. It, it's a slow burn. I'm glad they gave us two episodes because if we only had that first one, I'd be like, no, I need more. Right. So well, I think it was a smart idea to do those two because, you know, by the end of that second one things finally go to color um do they go to do they go to widescreen i don't remember i don't think so because widescreen didn't happen until the 90s i think there might have been a a scene or two but it wasn't the full it wasn't the sitcom feel it was just i think that moment yeah i couldn't i couldn't recall i I mean it would make sense don't go to widescreen until you kind of get to that decade but yeah uh, yeah. she's pregnant now. And that's, that's another big question too. Is she gonna, is she gonna physically manifest children in real mm. life? Like when the season's over, is she legit going to have kids or is this yeah. all in her head? And then what's, what's with vision? Is he going to come back to life? I'm so, it's just ugh, so curious. I love Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany yeah. is doing, he is like, they are both, they are both eating up these scenes so good. They are I mean, they're really showing their range of actors uh, of acting. So, well, it's yeah, it's so it, funny that because because Wanda doesn't have her Sokovian accent anymore, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'm I'm cool with this. Them, it, them doing that. Yeah, the accent really wasn't that great to begin with. Uh, so, uh, you know, I guess you know, oh. I, I guess that's something that you can do with Hollywood, right? Just it slowly disappears. You know, whatever, it's gone. We're having a good time, yeah. so I'm not going to nitpick and, over the accent. And did you know Paul Bettany is the only Marvel actor to hit three decades currently? Oh, good for him. Yeah, because uh, he started off in Iron Man 1, right? Yeah, uh, Iron Man, uh, and then Robert Downey Jr. Um, bowed out before uh, this. He, I mean, doesn't mean he can't come back, but, you know, at, at this current moment in time, um, Paul Bettany's the only one who hit three different separate decades of, yeah. of Marvel. But overall, having a great yeah. time, no complaints, really. I yeah. mean, like, you know, I can't, I can't yet say it's a perfect show, right? You know, you kind of got to finish and see if they can uh, stick the landing, but... 
Uh, also, it's kind of weird, right? We can't do a lot of analysis off of these two episodes yet, right? Yeah. Because we've been told that the the only difference between these shows and the movies is just length. You know, you're going to have like, we've obviously we can see premium actors in this, right? We're seeing actors from the MCU and others brought in. But right now we have not really seen the budget flexed, right? right? And that's always the thing that's in my head, right? You know, what happens when you go to the TV well, format? Usually the budget gets strained. And of course, I'm not saying anything that they are, they're doing on screen isn't hard or possibly expensive or they haven't put the extra mile in for sure, but you, they've definitely saved money, I would say, at the beginning of this, and hopefully it probably all gets dumped in at the end, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think I think you're just talking in terms of visual effects. I think I think it does cost more to have something feel retro, uh, and, and sure it is mm-hmm. one scene, but I think you know there is some validity. Like you got to spend money to make it feel like the '50s and '60s, right? And oh, they yeah. they did entirely. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I think we will see see more later, especially you know from the trailers we've seen stuff like that. I so I don't know if you notice this or not, Chris, but I feel like in the second episode, you know, it's still black and white, but it seemed like they had some sort of like um, pulsing, very subtle like green color that came and went every once in a while, almost like that they were kind of like trying to artificially maybe put in a little bit of like I don't know television transmission look Mm -hmm. to it like it was weird i was digging it it was cool it wasn't distracting but it was just like this second episode does visually look a little different than the first episode like color wise i think the second episode was another 10 years technically the 60s instead of the 50s Mm -hmm. because the second it started wanda was in pantsuit um Mm -hmm. rather than a dress and i was like they wouldn't do that in the 50s at all um so i think i I think each year will be 10 years yeah, and the camera moved a little bit differently, so yeah, yeah, this is just great. If you're a TV nerd in any way, you gotta be watching yeah. WandaVision. But yeah, I suppose there is like a small one percent that could feel a little alienated by the uh, format. But yeah, man, once the once all nine episodes are out, this is this has got to be one of the most bingeable things I think has been made in mm-hmm. a long time. All I want to do is watch the next right. ones. Well, and what's crazy is yeah, comparing it to the, to the Mandalorian, which is right the the Star Wars first Star Wars TV show live action um they gave us the uh, grogu at the end of episode one uh they didn't give us anything like that in this one so mm-hmm. i'm i'm excited to see what it is I'm, i want to see more about the beekeeper dudes what's he doing what's going on with sword um and, and all this stuff so I'm, I'm excited you've got me hooked people even though it wasn't marvel even if it wasn't marvel but like we've like you said we've earned these characters uh over mm-hmm. over time so count me in in that time, though, um, Kevin Feige's out here. He's talking. He's doing interviews. He's, he's, yeah, I saw he was doing that right after we recorded the podcast last week. I mean, yeah. come on, Feige. Yeah, really. Uh, like we, we were talking about it. I'm like, okay, so I've got to write these notes down for next week already. But first off, Marvel and Disney+, Plus. he gave us the episode links for some shows because mm-hmm. we thought maybe WandaVision could be hour-long episodes. We didn't know they were going to be half-hour-like episodes. But Falcon mm-hmm. and Winter Soldier are six-hour-long episodes. Ooh. Um not six hours, six by one hour, um, long episodes. Loki mm-hmm. is the same six by one hour long episodes, which is great. She Hulk mm-hmm. will be 10 half hour long episodes mm-hmm. and Moon Knight's more of a six by one hour long episodes. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can glean from this is we're not going to get any of that, uh, Netflix, uh, 13 episode filler, right? You know, yeah. when you get to like episode eight, nine, 10, 11, you're just like, all right, come on, you know, just let's yeah. get to the, let's get to the finale already. So right. we're not gonna have to worry about any of that. Th- thank, thank God. Because you know, that's, that's my worst complaint against the defender style shows. Right. Um, 
I think a lot of shows have remedied that lately with the boys mm-hmm. and Umbrella Academy. They've really cut out the fluff episodes. They were mm-hmm. like, here's eight. Enjoy. Or nine. You know, we don't need to drag it out. So I'm, I'm excited for those uh, to see that. But um, yeah, so so I mean, if you're wondering what these are going to be, uh, I, I really feel like the others were you know six hour, one hour long episodes is perfectly fine for Falcon Winter Soldier. Also, yeah, this is this is good to know. This is a good uh, this is a good uh, show notes uh, to bookmark in your in your browser for when you're trying to figure out like the scheduling of Disney Plus, right? Because yeah. we know we're getting Falcon and the Winter Soldier as soon as a uh, WandaVision wraps up, so we know Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to run for six weeks. So you're like, okay, well, what's going to pick up after uh, six weeks there? So mm-hmm. this is good. This is good info to have. Yeah, it should be Black Widow and then right into Loki in May. Mm-hmm. So um, pretty pretty good stuff there. And then after that, I think I think the um, What Ifs are also half-hour episodes as well. I don't think the animated ones will be an hour long. Yeah, that would seem strange. Yeah, they could be 10-minute ones too, and I wouldn't be surprised, like two mm-hmm. 10 minutes per. But, um, yeah, we'll see that. But also, Kevin Feige, again, out there, mingling, you know, giving people information left and right. And then he has said they have planned out five to six years of the MCU versus what they've already announced, which is wow. only like two years or maybe three. Mm-hmm. So that's great. I would love to see that dry erase board. Like we talk about every week. Uh, oh man. What's, what's on, what's on that big list at the end of it? You know, what do we, what do we not know about? Like that's, that's what I want to see at the end of that. Yeah. I, I, I would also like to see like, at what point does, when does the timeline start to become less concrete? And they're like, okay, we know for sure we're going to do this. Then after this, this is probably what we'll do. And then this is just kind of a pie in the sky, what we might like to do. And then I would imagine all those sections looked really different years ago before they knew exactly what they would do with Spider-Man or with X-Men and stuff like that. They're just like, oh, if we happen to buy Fox and get X-Men back, well, you know, maybe we can block him out here. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is nothing new. We know we know Feige's always on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're not they're not making these decisions up as they go. Right. They they've got ideas. They've got people working on this stuff. Uh, so we'll we'll see more about that later. Uh, people were asking about 4K or Blu-ray versions of these shows. Um, that status is currently unknown, but he's like, look to Mandalorian for a low price. You can just stream it whenever you want, wherever you want. So why do you need a Blu-ray of this? Uh, completionists for the MCU as myself are like, yeah, that's true. Uh, but I'm sad, but it'll be fine. I don't need to buy copies of TV shows that can stream on yeah. Disney plus. Right. Yeah. So. I suppose you always have the other, uh, the, uh, out of market questions, right? You know, I don't know exactly where Disney plus is everywhere yet, but I don't think it's a hundred percent global yet. So, you know, there could be some people in countries that's just like, I can't, I can't watch the Mandalorian cause I can't buy it. So I don't know. Uh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's where a lot of my other shows I have on, on DV came from like England and stuff like that, where they, they like, we don't have Netflix here. Like, Stuff like that. So that's that's crazy. He also confirmed that Avengers movies will return. Yeah, yeah, we know. There's just none right now. That's fine. We can <laughs> we can take a break from the biggest movie ever in the world to to not do Avengers movies for a second, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly, he, that he debunks a rumor that are actively casting Wolverine for for an X Men movie that they've not announced yet. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I think they've somebody within Disney. I don't know if it was Feige himself. They've said that like the X Men is going to be a while. Yeah, like they they haven't put a timeline on it, but I think they're just like, don't hold your breath. Like we got a lot of other stuff coming. Um, so who knows? It could just be a diversion to be like, oh shit, an X Men and um and Miss Marvel's you know show or whatever. Yeah, uh, but they, they could do yeah, that. I, but like at the same time, like we're not getting an X Men movie anytime soon. Yeah, all eyes on Fantastic Four right now. Let's get them going. Let's get them up and running. Let's see what these young Avengers yeah. might look like first, and then, you know, then we can start dipping into the, the X Men. Uh, fifth time's a charm for a Fantastic Four. Let's see. Let's see what they do there. 
He also did say that people are like, oh, the Defenders contract, the Netflix stuff is up. You know, you own these characters again. And he's like, well, everything is on the board when talking about these characters from the Netflix universe mm-hmm. shows. Uh, again, I like to see new versions of some of them appear, but, you know, if they want to bring them back for cameos, that's perfectly fine as well. Which brings me to the other big news for Spider-Man 3. Uh, Charlie Cox has apparently filmed scenes for this movie, and he's done filming scenes for this movie. So... <laughs> Do you think I, here's here's my thing? Do you think he's wow. in Spider-Man 3's universe, or is it an alternate universe thing because of all the other Spider-Man people? So I mean, I guess this is pretty crazy, right? Because Spider-Man 3, obviously, it's a Sony, it's a it's a Sony property, but it is you know being made by Marvel. This is kind of like uh, this is the the MCU's doing, right? Yeah. Uh, so whatever happens in Spider-Man 3 should theoretically, technically, be canon, right, for the MCU moving forward. Uh, so if Charlie Cox as Daredevil pops up as an alternate universe, that's definitive, uh, putting a stake in the ground. The Netflix shows are a different universe. You're not going to see these characters popping up unless there's some sort of a rift in space time. Right. So if they do that, I would actually be okay with that because I just want it answered. Right. You know, I, they, they, the, whether the shows were great or bad, what, whatever critical rating you want to put on whatever particular season of the Netflix shows that you watched, um, they've run their course. Right. I mean, like Luke Cage season three, I might watch it if it, if it dropped magically sometime soon, but like that was like years ago now, like all the all the steam, you know, all the heat behind it, you know, it's dissipated. So I just don't see why you bring any of these characters back. It would seem so strange right. to bring one, bring just Charlie Cox back to do a Disney Plus show, and then like, well, are you just going to recast all these other characters? It's just too messy. Why? Why would Feige want to deal with all of this messy stuff? Right? Yeah. He would just want to cast new people that have like, that have like all this new, uh, new, uh, you know, just like shininess to them right? right so yeah and spider-man 3 is is a movie that's dealing with the multiverse dr strange will be dealing with the multiverse wandavision will probably be dealing with the multiverse right like so uh these characters being on the table to show up through multiverse visions totally on the board mm-hmm. like bring them in film some scenes showing they're in a different universe whatever and then, then you're done with them kind of thing and then we can do new new daredevil down the road or whatever um like, I, again, I'm not really clamoring for Daredevil in my MCU right now, right? Like, we've got a lot of other stuff moving pretty quickly, which I'd like to see. So, you know, if he doesn't show up for five, six years, he, that's totally cool. He's been me. so bogged down with ninjas, right? And mm-hmm. we haven't even introduced a single uh, really ninja in the MCU. So it's just like he, he has all this past. It's just like it's just it's not congruent he, with what's going on right now. He, I think I think you're incorrect. He has fought more hallways than he's fought ninjas. Uh, <laughs> so um, but like, you know, again, the Punisher doesn't need to be brought in. You know, Iron, no one cares about Iron Fist, but if they were going to do Iron Fist, they put him in Shang-Chi and they're going to bring in a new guy because nobody liked that guy in the, in the, in the show. So, um, yeah, you either take it all or none. You don't split split hairs with this. Keep it easy for everybody. But if he's in it, that's fine. I, it's whatever. That's what we can't do it. But I trust. Again, we've not been led astray. I trust them to do what they're going to do, Mike. I I would love to see a character like Daredevil pop back up in the MCU, kind of like how they've brought back um, Boba Fett in Star Wars. Right? You know, you're watching a totally different Disney Plus show. Right? Let's just say Miss Marvel, just for the sake of it's the first thing in the top of my head. Right? 
you know she's dealing with trying to like fight a bad guy in like episode five or six or whatever you know she's she's about to get her like lights knocked out she's about to lose the fight then all of a sudden the baton like flies in off of a rope and it's like oh daredevil he is now in the mcu now it's totally different actor a totally different suit and he's just been he's been there he's been in new york he's been fighting and it's not surprising that we've never heard from him before because he's a very street level low level hero that you know really wouldn't pop up on the radar of a lot of these bigger avengers that are literally trying to save the universe Mm -hmm. from aliens right he's just busy trying to keep ladies from like you know getting beat up in hallway in alleyways right (laughs) from the hallways the hallways are beating up the ladies yes so i just like the idea that like he he is just there you don't need to introduce him you don't need to see his backstory and then what you can do is you can develop his character a little bit more maybe he pops up in the next episode he helps uh he helps miss marvel with a mission and then the audience loves him and then you backdoor him into his own tv show right you know i think something like that makes the most sense and i would and it would be a fun surprise right you know just one day you're watching a tv show and bam daredevil's back well i I, so that's my pitch i think there's there's i I think that is some of the ideas for these shows uh you know give them tv shows put them in the movies back and forth but i'm really more excited like i think she hulk has an opportunity to do a lot of this they're bringing back abomination um if she's dealing with b-list like lawsuits what if what if justin hammer gets out of jail because in She-Hulk, and then he's up in Armor Wars later against Don Cheadle, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. there, there's ways to bring back these B or C list characters that they've even Marvel's used, and be like, yeah, he's still here. We didn't forget about him, kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there's opportunities, but I think I think there are ways to do that, and we'll we'll probably see something like that, like where they've they've kept it close to the chest, and bam, right, surprise us. The, the, this next bit of news is going to be a service to me. Yeah. Because I saw these things pop up throughout the week, and I, I didn't have the time to research it. I didn't have the time to dip into it. Uh-huh. And it felt like one of these things that like was not going to be true. So I was like, I'm just going to wait till Sunday, till Chris tells me the t- tells me the news. So uh, what do we got up here? Is it true or not true? Chris Evans is close to returning a deal to return as Captain America. Well, I guess it just depends what clickbait headline I was scrolling past because like some people were saying, he's coming back. Captain yeah. America's so- coming back. <laughs> And so, I, I honestly just ignored it because I thought it was a WandaVision spoiler because like if yeah. she's manifesting stuff in her brain, Chris Evans has already popped up in a Thor movie, right? As a, as yeah. a Loki doing a, doing a impression impersonation of him. So I was like, shit, is Chris Evans in WandaVision? It just got spoiled. So I didn't look into it at all. No, he was not. Um, and then Chris Evans was like, well, this is news to me literally like two hours later. So uh, <laughs> it's like, so there, there's one way to look at this. One is someone he's going to probably maybe cameo in something or there's going to be a reference to captain america that someone took off something mm-hmm. or he is really close to closing a deal and he's just going to play coy like all the actors do until they tell us otherwise mm-hmm. so uh right now chalk this up as a rumor because we have no facts to go off of so yeah i mean he's uh i guess he could come come back as an old Clint Eastwood man, right? I mean, that's what yeah. he is, canon, right? But I guess there is a well, splintered timeline where he is his, his the current so age that Chris Evans left off as. My guess is he's going to show up in Loki. Um, uh, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, He has to get that cube back, right? Um, to, to restore the timeline. <laughs> or what if he's in Secret Invasion and the scroll looks like a Captain America for like a scene? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to bring back a Tony... Um, uh, Tony or Captain America, yeah. uh, Tony Stark does it. You know they they they've run their course. They had um, yeah. they had amazing endings. I cried 
I cried when these characters uh, wrapped up their arcs. Don't drag yeah. them back out. You know, we don't need yeah. them. And we, but, uh, they had a perfect ending. But but if Chris Evans is going to do maybe maybe he does one of those PSAs like he did in Spider-Man, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, like it, he can those, he can do would... cameos, but I don't think he's going to be an actual yeah. actor in anything. No, that kind of stuff would be funny. Yeah. If, if it's just like a, a fun wink or a nod and it's really not canon advancing his character through a timeline, yeah. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, the only other thing I can think of, like where it literally was him, is maybe there's some flashbacks in Falcon and Winter Soldier he's filming, so he's just filming a couple scenes real fast, or um, again Loki trying to get the cube back from him. Yeah. To, to well, the also timeline. this is probably a good idea is we should probably prep ourselves for the uh, Robert Downey Jr. rumors that eventually will probably pop up when Ironheart's in development, right? Yeah. You know, how do you do, a, you know, a, a, a legacy character of Iron Man without doing some sort of reference to the character? I, you know, obviously have all of this footage from all of the movies and stuff, but like the they, they didn't write Ironheart, that referencing Ironheart. So yeah, let's just like, it's not like Ironheart, the character is going to be watching Avengers Endgame. You know, it's going to be weird if she like sees a clip from that movie, you yeah. know, as like a security footage or whatever, you know? Yeah. He'll have to film something for that probably. Um, but yeah, it's not going to be big stuff. So I think we're, mm-hmm. I think we're fine on the flip side of that. Uh, apparently Matt Damon has landed in Australia for filming on Thor love and thunder. Um, if you remember, he was in Ragnarok. As, yeah, as is he gonna re- that's what I was thinking. Is he is he reprising that uh, uh, Asgardian acting role? That'd yeah. be so fun. He could. Uh, he could also probably be doing something else, small cameo. He is uh, apparently good friends with Taika Waititi, so I could see him doing something fun like that. Um, Matt Damon. I mean, he he, he got his he got um, one of his things was whenever Scotty doesn't know uh, from Euro Trip. Like, yeah, that's what I was just thinking too. Yeah. Uh, like where he was like bald in the singer of this band. Uh, so I think I think he he's a fun guy and would have fun doing something for yeah, he, for love and he likes cameos yeah uh and, and we're you know i mean um you know christian bales and i was trying to think of how they they time into that but maybe he's doing something with guardians of the galaxy i don't know like it's it's fun hmm. stuff but i like fun things i like fun movies I like deadpool and kevin feige has said himself that deadpool 3 will be in the mcu and will be r-rated mike i mean duh i yeah. mean um, <laughs> there was there was always i mean i you know you have to worry a little bit because it is Disney. It is the yeah. House of Mouse. You know they don't really traffic in a lot of rated R stuff under that label. I know they have um, they have like subsidiary studios that they own that do release rated R stuff. But yeah, it, this makes a, a lot of sense. Like Kevin Feige's not dumb. Why would he ever anger the superstar, viral superstar that can tweet and you know you know as much as I hate the word you know Ryan Reynolds can tweet something and break the internet. Yeah. Why would Feige ever mess? with somebody like that you know just let him make what he wants to well, make well uh, well so i don't think i mean he's also not writing he's just uh, ryan's overseeing the script but also at the same time like you know they're in the business of making money and what had the deadpool one and deadpool two do make, make a, lot a lot of money, money. <laughs> uh so i mean like i think this will be something different off the wall they will probably be like i don't think it'll be I, I still think it'll be MCU, but MCU adjacent, right? Like, he's not going to be teaming up with Spider-Man and cussing to Spider-Man. He's not going to be, you know, toying with some of the main, the major players. Uh, but they could totally show up in it and totally cement it in the MCU kind of thing. So yeah. I imagine that there's going to be multiverse jokes for yeah. sure in this Deadpool movie. Like, I, I, I'm imagining a moment where he's literally talking to somebody and then he turns around and then when he turns back, the character's gone because he was sucked in through, like, a wormhole or something. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, man, that dude's in a Spider-Man movie now. Yeah. I was just talking to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did that with um with the, in the first one where he's like, "Are you, uh, which which Professor X do we have here? Do we have the <laughs> yep. the Patrick McAvoy. Stewart or the uh, yeah. McAvoy one? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think I don't see that. 
I see this being fun again and 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 good time in the uh, Bob's Burgers. The um, is it the Schaefer's who are writing it? Is it Schaefer? I forget. Uh, they're yeah the the Bob's Burger writing duo. I don't believe they're related, so I, yeah. I, I don't think. I think they're no the, the sisters. That's the two sisters. Are they sisters? Yeah, they have. I the, thought they had different. I thought they had different last one has names. the single last name the other one has a hyphenated version of that last same last name gotcha yeah okay yeah either way uh i, I think i think this will be fine like this is not gonna this is not breaking the internet news we, we expect it to come the other thing i i don't know if we're gonna see black widow in may like i i'm very very worried about not seeing it in may at this time mm-hmm. uh but the studio has also denied uh at this time also a simultaneous theatrical and disney plus release uh motto kind of like how hbo max is doing with theirs yeah stuff. i mean they're not going to make a decision until let's see here i would assume april right because when they drop the mulan news and i believe also the soul news of coming to disney plus you know whether you pay 30 dollars or not that was not telegraphed very long ahead of time i think hmm. the mulan news was maybe a month ahead of time and soul might have been a little bit longer maybe an extra week or so but you know, like they said at their uh, their investor day, is they're being nimble, they're adapting to the market with these releases. So if if this is something that we do get to stream, you know, on Disney Plus, uh, yeah, we might not know well, until April. I think WandaVision and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier will tell uh, if it's a feasible model, right? Like, how many people are watching these straight through? Like, are they treating it like a movie kind of thing? Um, but also. You know, I think they'll they'll make the decision in March uh, once Raya and the Last Dragon is out because it has a split model like that. It's mm-hmm. it's the next movie with that. So, um, based on Raya's performance, they'll probably make that yeah. call. Yeah. Also, it, it's been hard to tell with these live action uh, releases, right? Because the animated uh, family stuff has done really really well, right? You know, because you got kids at home, they need stuff to watch. Uh, but yeah, I haven't heard anything of like really live action video on demand like really performing like exceptionally well. I feel like that news I've only ever seen with animated stuff over the last year. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're going to, we're going to play that by ear. See what, see what goes on with that and hopefully get something sooner than later. I want to, I want to see it. Uh, the moon Knight uh, is coming out, uh, you know, rumored to have uh, Oscar Isaac as, as the main character, but they've officially cast Ethan Hawke as a protagonist in the series or antagonist, sorry, antagonist of this show. So um, I think that's fine. Right, like yeah, he's a great actor. Who doesn't like who doesn't like Ethan Hawke? He's a great guy. He, yeah. I mean, uh, that's a like I said before, that's premium casting, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a big name to really uh to really sell your show. I mean, you know, I guess uh, Oscar Isaac, you know, also very very large, but the villains are always just well, as important as the heroes in, in anything you ever huh. make. So it's a All it's right. a great poll. I have no idea who he's going to be because I really don't have a a, a strong uh. uh uh, Wikipedia knowledge of so, uh, Moon Knight. So what but. I've seen is that he could possibly be um, Dracula, because um, Moon Knight has a he has a history with like nighttime and like you know the Moon God and you know kind of mythology kind of thing, mm-hmm. which would also tie this into Blade even more. Yeah. Um, but you know Ethan Hawke was also in a couple vampire movies anyway, so I think that's just why they they went to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's cool, though. I mean, uh, bringing like a, a, a like a vintage character into the MCU like Dracula. I mean, mm-hmm. I would love to see the MCU spin on a, like a, a character that's been around forever like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the leader of the vampires, if you will. So he maybe he's the leader of Morbius. Maybe that's tied into this, Mike. I don't oh, know. Morbius. What the segue we needed. Yeah. It actually worked out perfectly because Morbius has been pushed back from March 
to October by seven months. So uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, it never really made sense for that movie to come out in March, except for the fact that nobody cares about it. So yeah. I guess go ahead and place it in, well, in March. It, March was its really second cares. release date. Like, remember, it was delayed. So I think that's why mm-hmm. they, they were like, oh, we're going to be back to theaters by March. I don't yeah, think we're going to be back to theaters by March. but <laughs> No, it makes a lot more sense for it to be in, in like the month of October anyway. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like scary, spooky, but I mean, that's the month that Venom performed really, really well yeah. in. You know, October is usually the, the spook month. So it's got vampires. Go your, or the living vampire. Vamp- yeah, go see your vampire movie. Go, there, go right? pick up your fangs at Hot Topic and go watch Morbius. Oh, <laughs> as, as your... Uh, what was his band's name that he was he's part of? Um, uh, uh, yeah, Mars something. Yeah, Mars? thirty seconds to Mars. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so wearing your your goth, you know, stuff while you go watch Morbius. So. <laughs> uh, but it's in October now, so you don't have to. I know you guys were chomping at the bit to buy your tickets for it, but now you can wait a little bit and, and get them get them in, in October. On the flip side of that, uh, HBO has moved up Godzilla vs Kong from May to March. So. March 26th, we will be able to watch Godzilla vs. Kong in theaters and HBO Max. Um, yeah, it sounds like they finally cemented that contract because I know that there was, a, Legendary some legal, was some legal entanglement there. Uh, I didn't put it in the corn stream yet because I haven't finished it, but Kong Skull Island is on HBO Max, and I, I kind of threw it on while I was uh, working out the other day. So I'm only about halfway through it. So I was like, oh, this is a, oh, this no. is a good movie. I, I feel like this is a good movie I only have to kind of pay attention to. And I, I was – unfortunately, I'm kind of right. It's a – you know, Jordan, Jordan Voigt Roberts, the director, he definitely has like a, a flair that he's bringing to the film, but I, I, the script's not very strong. The, the, the dialogue's clunky. Uh, I'm just, yeah. It's just okay. It's a perfect movie to just kind of half pay attention to. So, um, Steve, uh, I can't remember the actor's name played Steve Brule. The he's, he's in the film. Oh, what's his name? He was in Step Brothers, uh, opposite. Oh, of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Will Ferrell. Oh uh, my gosh. Uh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Yeah. His, his character is hilarious, but totally out of place in the movie. Yeah. Like he just does not fit within the universe that they are building for this. I like the premise, but everything else is, is kind of, uh, mm-hmm. falling a little flat, but, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm working trying to dip my toe into this franchise for the date of March 26th, right? Right. Well, you've watched the Godzilla movies, though, right? No, I haven't. Oh. I, I guess I'm doing this chronologically, right? I'll start uh, Vietnam era 70s, and I guess I'll move to Godzilla one. Yeah. Next. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be better. You're you're actually gonna get better as you go, so that's fine. You're you're, you're gonna okay. be doing yourself a favor <laughs> here, so that's good to know. But also knowing that you watch it while you work out, if you're gonna treat it like the Clone Wars, you'll never get it done either. So that's <laughs> yeah, one of the two. Um, that's fine. On the flip side of that, uh, Justice League, Zack Snyder's cut of it, uh, he confirmed that this will debut as a one-shot movie and not four episodes as we'd originally been threatened with. Uh, so <laughs> um, this is still coming out in March. Uh, we'll get one four-hour movie to watch, and there is no post-credit scene for this movie because this movie is a dead-end street. <laughs> Get this nonsense done and over with. Yeah. I want to. I uh, don't want to talk about it anymore. This this changes so much. Every week there's something new here, and it's not uh, like it's bad or good. It's just like this is different than we said it was last week. Okay, mm-hmm. just tell us right the first time, and we won't have this conversation. <laughs> but we're almost done with January. When you know February's you know only got 28 days, so we're practically March as it is. So we'll be able to <laughs> talk about it sooner than later. Hopefully, well, we already have HBO Max. We don't have to pay for it again, Mike. Thank God for that. Mm-hmm. Batman, the Batman, the movie, has the best cross-promotion ever, Mike. This is this is <laughs> what we live for. 
This is made specifically for us, this news. Yes, so the newest flavor of Mountain Dew coming out this year is called Riddler's <laughs> Brew and gives us oh, a God. weird look at the Riddler in this movie. Yeah, this is. I think the first thing you said when you sent this to me is this is like a double whammy. It's like we, we're always on the lookout for like new snacks and like new junk food and stuff like that. So just the fact that we're getting a Mountain Dew leak is really, really cool. But yeah. also it's a superhero leak. So we get to see a little bit of the Riddler because – like we we don't really know what this character is going to do in the movie yet right you know is Matt Reeves making a super grounded kind of film where the Riddler's never really going to be in a costume and he's just going to be like a mysterious kind of dude and maybe like a trench coat and then he's just going to be like messing with the Batman or will he kind of adapt some sort of visual flair to him at some point in time so I guess this answers the question a little bit where he seems to have some sort of goggle situation going on they they seem to be in the shape of glasses but they seem to have some sort of volume to them right yeah so the the riddler's known for his glasses right that's kind of like one of the things i think he's known for is his riddler glasses Mm. and i think this is is a a different take on that but it kind of looks like kind of like a an owl shape to the face too like is it like mm-hmm. are they going to implement the court of owls into him somehow or not? I don't know. Um, yeah, we we don't really have a whole lot of cinematic Riddler stuff out there. We just have Jim Carrey. Uh-huh. It's a very very specific take on the Riddler, which I enjoy. Yeah, uh, this is not going to be that direction. I can already tell by this Mountain Dew. Yeah, uh, but uh, what flavor is this going to be? I don't know. Maybe blueberry since it's blue. I, but I, yeah, well, I have. It's weird. Like we we are the only two people on the planet that have equal questions of what's the flavor of this Mountain Dew and what's this riddler doing whereas most people are just like a- analyzing the riddle yeah one, one one or the other i think the do thing is i think this is was supposed to be it looks like the batman was supposed to be october of this year right so mm-hmm. what if this is the pitch black but riddler, branded as riddler oh yeah that does make a lot of sense yeah yeah that's that's what i'm kind of guessing here so i think riddler's brew i didn't i didn't realize the riddler brewed things but uh-huh. okay <laughs> yeah yeah it's the mystery flavor he's gonna tell us riddles until he guess what it is mm-hmm. or you can just drink it not care one of the two i always love those kind of leaks though they're fun oh yeah this this is again prime for us this is specific Mm. for us and i really enjoy (laughs) it so you can take a look at that in our show notes there uh the star wars game franchise mike uh are going to be now branded under lucasfilm games as a whole rather than separate entities so they're like trying to bring it under like one cohesive umbrella it sounds like and uh, with that news means that EA is no longer the only company making Star Wars games now. Yeah, th- that's kind of the that's the biggest kind of uh, response I heard to that news, where people are just like, "Oh, maybe we don't we we don't have to worry about the stranglehold from EA and their microtransactions yeah. because they've you know the whole boondoggle with all those Battlefield games." But yeah, uh, I mean, I'm so I'm honestly so surprised that these big uh, that these big studios, franchises, corporations have not locked down video game development. I, I know it's a very specialized, specific skill that you can't just you know hire like a you know like a much smaller number of people like to make a movie you know compared to a video game. Like if you ever watched the the credits of a video game. I would say they're probably much longer than what you would see even on like a high budget uh, uh, movie. Right. So it's just like, I just don't understand it. Right. Like you are star Wars. This is Disney. You need to acquire video game talent. Stop leasing out your properties. Like there's so much money to be made here. And there's such a cool cohesive way to like get your brand out there. You know, it's just, I, I don't know. I think it's just a matter of time. I'm just surprised it's taking this long for them to really get everything under an umbrella. Well, I 
I think the licensing's easier because you can have more more people make your games faster, right? Like if you think if Disney had one studio to make all their games for every property, they they just there's not enough resources there, right? Like that's why they can go like go make our mobile game, go make an Xbox game, go make this. And I think the problem with Star Wars and EA was like, they were like, we're, we're going to do Battlefront again, which everyone was clamoring for, right, for years. And they did Battlefront, and then the first one was fine, and then the second one just tanked with the the, the, the microtransactions. But we, what we did get out of that was really good is the, the uh, was it the Jedi one? Uh, Fallen Order, which mm-hmm. which is a fantastic game. Uh, so I, I think the, the problem was, I think there was no... I think they were just licensing out the things and no one was at the helm of the studio or the, of Star Wars. I mean, like if we're going to make games like we used to do with Luke, when Lucasfilm did make games, you know, we need someone to guide that direction so we can tell stories and, and you know, do something good. Cause I think this is going to lead into a Knights of the old Republic three kind of scenario yeah, um, be fun. or Knights of the high Republic, which is the new thing they just kind of kicked off, but they need someone leading that so they can check for quality and make sure they don't have the backlash battlefront two is like, Battlefront 2 right now is free in the Epic Game Store. That's how far that game has fallen over over time. <laughs> like they're just giving it away at this point. So, um, but on the flip side of that, uh, they've said that Ubisoft is making an open world Star Wars game, um, which you know would be cool. If, I, I mean, I'm guessing it's like Grand Theft Auto style kind of open world. Yep. Yeah, at first I thought this would would be interesting, and then I saw some of the discourse going on where people were like <laughs> writing dialogue for what the game would be. It's like Luke, go to this uh, star system and collect eighty four holocrons so you can get into this Jedi temple so you can upgrade your lightsaber. And I was like, oh god, that sounds, yeah, that uh, sounds like exactly what would be in this game, you know? Yeah, I mean it could be, but I think that's what the Lucasfilm games like. Like this has to live in a in a world where everything's cohesive. Now it's not like this wherever this goes, whether it's post. Uh, Skywalker Saga or pre-Skywalker Saga. I think it's going to be an Old Republic. They have the Old Republic, which is an online MMO, but I think it's going to be like a, again, like a, a larger, maybe Coruscant. They, they had that thirteen thirteen game where it was going to be like the mm-hmm. underworld of bounty hunting and stuff like that. Um, bounty hunting games probably be fun. Maybe it's a Mandalorian style game, right? Right with bounty hunters. Yeah. My uh, guess is it's a game where the protagonist is just learning that they're becoming a Jedi. I know that's a lot like the, the previous game we were just talking about because that just fits really, really well into like the skill tree of video games. Mm -hmm. You start somebody off at zero and they slowly learn their skills. So I I, I hope it's not my only thing is I hope it's not Jedi. That's my only hope that it is another, again, like I said, maybe bounty hunter skill set that you're unlocking rather than, I mean, that would be really cool. You're a bounty hunter and you have to unlock all of these skills and equipment and you really have to load your character down. You have to visit the item shop to buy all of this stuff because you know, your next mission is you have to go like, um, you have to go kidnap a Jedi. Right. And you're going to need every skill and every resource you have because they're going to, they're going to F you up. Like really like a Jedi is just going to, just going to pulverize you. So you need all of your wits about you. And that sounds that sounds fun. <laughs> and that, that that gives the quest mission of an open world game more legitimacy because you're taking quests to get money to buy this new stuff kind of mm-hmm. along the way. So that's what I'm hoping for, not not Jedi-related. On the flip side of that, with this Lucasfilm Games announcement, they did announce that Bethesda is making an Indiana Jones game. Uh, and they gave us some stuff that relates to Indiana Jones, like a hat and a whip. <laughs> yeah, and just a little teaser. A little, little teaser. This game's probably two or three years out. But the question is, Bethesda being purchased by Microsoft and it's so early, will it be an exclusive for Xbox or will it be for every console, Mike? Um, 
I think know. I think with money in, in the Jones franchise, it'll be everything. So. Yeah, I mean, I've never played a, an Indiana Jones game except for Uncharted, so mm-hmm. I guess Xbox, this is their way to get their own Uncharted, right? Yeah, it could be. Uh, I, I think uh, there was, um, I remember some like old Nintendo Indiana Jones game I always rented. Uh, <laughs> I think but, you're thinking of Pitfall, right? <laughs> yeah, not that far back, but yeah, yeah, Pitfall. We talked about it on, what was that, Lego Indiana Jones was the other one. So a mm-hmm. um, couple, couple there. So yeah, Indiana Jones games in the work from Lucasfilm games. And speaking of games coming to movies, Mortal Kombat. Uh, upcoming movie uh, we've talked about it it's on this HBO Max thing supposed to come to uh, HBO Max in theaters this year they gave us some first images including characters like Sub-Zero Liu Kang Sonya Blade Kano Jack Scorpion in his human form and Kung Lao Um, they look pretty uh, game accurate I think Mike what do you think uh, I think the biggest news here is that they're going to be performing fatalities, yes. right? I mean, they, they, they look like Mortal Kombat characters to me. You know, they got the right costumes on, so there's not too much to, to take away from there. But, yeah, I was just reading the article, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is rated R. Mm-hmm. We're going to be – they didn't specifically say they're going to be pulling spines out of bodies, but that's like – that's kind of the classic fatality, right? Um, but it does make me wonder, in a video game, the fatalities work because, like, the Mortal Kombat games are almost – kind of campy in that way of just like crazy kooky wild stuff happens that normally wouldn't happen in real life so like you know if you're kind of making more of a dramatic serious action movie how do you do a crazy off the wall kooky fatality so i don't know if they if they're going to try to hit a certain tone or if they don't give a shit you know they're just like we're just going to throw a bunch of blood and gore at you and we're just going to confuse you and distract you with uh with entrails and whatnot so uh i don't know i'm looking forward to it um there was a little bit of buzz about they've created a brand new original character for the game. Yeah. That it sounds like it's probably going to be the protagonist. Yes. And I saw I, there was some like I don't know if they call themselves like combat heads or Mortal Kombat aficionados were just like, oh, we don't need a new character up in here. And I was just like, dude, it's just a Mortal Kombat movie. Like, come on, like they put new characters fr- in every game. I don't know why you're upset <laughs> yeah. about this. Your game franchise is just a fighting camp game. Like it's so incredibly hard to turn like a arcade fighting game into a movie or a narrative because you just you always have to warp and twist everything into like combat and like into hand to hand combat, right? I mean, yeah. watch the Street Fighter movie or watch the other Mortal Kombat movies, right? You know, eventually you got to set up some sort of tournament stakes which always feels kind of weird and wacky so like yeah just don't get i'm not don't get too precious with your moral combat right you know it's all kind of nonsensical so i this is just kind of i look at this from the lens of maybe like fast and the furious i just want to go and just turn my brain off and watch some fun stuff this is i mean classic 90s video game right like i remember watching the mortal Kombat and mortal Kombat annihilation in the 90s and be like these are awesome. These are not good movies. They're not good movies by any means, but I'm like, this is awesome. This is exactly how the games were. Um, but like, you know, I did see like in one of the clips for an HBO max teaser, like, you know, they show sub zero having his cryomancy, right? Like making things out of ice and stuff like that. So I'm excited to see, you know, full on scorpion, um, and, and sub zero fights. I want to see again, Kung Lao throw his hat with the, with the, the sharp edges. We got to see, um, uh, Supergirls, uh, make is it make Brooks, make Brooks. I don't know as jacks with his robot arms right like this is this is classic looks here i'm very excited to see kind of where this goes but they didn't show off raiden i'm actually really surprised they didn't give us raiden because he's in this so yeah. um but they're going r-rated with the fatalities with the re- the amount of blood and gore they're they're pushing it mike so we're gonna we're gonna see how we can get there without hitting that nc-17 rating for the amount <laughs> of gore so knock on wood and lastly, I know you're wanting more games to, to TV adaptations. They're making a TV series <laughs> for Risk. 
popular board right. game. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I don't know if this is like a, a big uh, a insult, you know, for Risk fans, but I've never played Risk at mm. all. The only thing I know about the game Risk is when um, Kramer is playing a very long game of it with uh, Newman and Seinfeld, and the game takes so long they put it on, they take it to the subway, uh, through the yeah. subway, and so it's some crazy man like Karate Chops it or whatever. Uh, I don't, yeah, I have, so, I have nothing to add to this, Chris, because I literally know nothing about Risk except for kind of what the board looks like. Between me and my brother-in-law, we own about thirty types of Risks. Uh, between Ooh, the both of us, we grew so up playing. You are the per- yeah. you are the person to have an opinion about this, huh? Yeah. So Risk, Risk, all there's all the different types. Of risk. I, I mean, I'm just gonna go basic classic Risk mode, right? Take over the world, domination, basically. I'm rolling dice uh, based on the number of people there. How does this work? I don't fucking know. Uh, I saw the Battleship movie and it didn't really work. So I don't, this is just going to be like some sort of political thriller and probably no battles are going to be seen. Um, but I, I did see it was written by um, Bo Williman, who is who created the House of Cards show on Netflix, which I think people really enjoyed until Kevin Spacey, you know, uh, went off the deep end. So um, I mean, that makes sense because like you can't, you can't tug in cheek risk stuff into a, a movie like this, right? I mean, it's just like, yeah. what is some character like off the cheek going to say, like, I guess we got to roll the dice yeah. and they wink and nod at the camera and see how it goes. Yeah, this almost just seems like somebody write a really interesting political thriller that deals with like borders and multiple countries and then yeah. we'll just slap the title of risk on it to just kind of give it some promotional juice. Yeah. Is that's that's my strategic that, imagination of the studio. Th- this is probably um, a, a House of Cards clone um, dealing with the the world instead of America, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, and if it's my guess here, so I, I don't expect a whole lot out of it. I don't think I'm even gonna watch it. But as, as someone who owns lots and lots of risks, how are they gonna make this work? I have no idea. <laughs> So, oh boy yeah so we're gonna end on that uh that, there was a risky move to end on that one but oh we're going to. chris yeah you you knew i was going for it but uh mike if people know what you're up to where can they find you at well they can find me at mike royer design on instagram and twitter and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. chris if people want to catch up with you you're working on arcade machines uh, in your yeah. spare time where can they find you you can find me on uh twitter valdan v-a-l-d-a-n or instagram valdan 87 I'll put up some of my work later. Yeah, I've been showing Mike off what I've been working on, so I can I can throw those up. If people know more about what we're doing, uh, what we're listening to, what, where they can find us, where can they do that at? Well, the best place to do that is SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. Like I mentioned up top, if you want to know how many episodes are going to be in each of these Disney Plus streaming series, we got that in the show notes this week. And we got links to those, you know, uh, that Mountain Dew bottle, if you want to check out what the Riddler is going to look like uh, behind the Mountain Dew logo, that is. In uh, that little Indiana Jones teaser, we got lots of links up in there. So check out SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Uh, we love it when you reach out, tell us what you love, what you hate about the show, what you want to hear more about. Are you one of those weird people that couldn't quite connect with WandaVision? I would find that kind of strange if you've been listening to this show every week. I feel like I feel like everyone this is up everybody's alley right now. Uh, but if you're if you if you want to be the the contrarian voice, I'd love to hear it. Uh, so please reach out. And if you want to be a super fan of the show, it's very easy to be a super fan of Superhero Slate. All you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, uh, wear your mask, possibly double up 
if, if, if available, because that'll protect you even more. Uh, make sure you're social distancing and uh, you will be a bona fide super fan and we will be here every week, folks. That's right. And we'll catch you guys next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe. I think I sing that all the time now. You doing some Mario uh, Castle music?